1: Have I got news for you? Welcome to the Eurosport Full Throttle Bike Racing Podcast. It's Monday the 15th of June 2020. Greg Haynes here. And well, after some very, very quiet weeks, generally speaking, for motorcycle racing, last week everything came alive and it seems like things are really now beginning to move into place for a shortened 2020 season. Where do we start? There's only one place we can start. The fact that Eurosport has agreed a long-term deal for the rights to show the Bennett's British Superbike Championship. Seven years, starting in 2021 all the way through to 2027. Live free-to-air coverage on Quest as well as on Eurosport and, of course, as usual, on the Eurosport player. So isn't that great that we're going to have more live action on Eurosport for the next seven years in BSB? Same day, a BSB calendar went out, a six-round calendar Three races for the British Superbike class per weekend. Support classes will be racing as well. It will start on the weekend of the 8th and 9th of August on the National Circuit at Donington Park. And then every fortnight, so one on, one off, one on, one off, and so on through to the middle of October with the finale at Brands Hatch on the Grand Prix Circuit, the weekend of the 17th and 18th of October. The venues will be Donington on the National Circuit, as I say. Then it's off to Snetterton. Silverstone on the national circuit. And remember all the drama we had there last year. Alton Park will be round four. Donington again for round five, but this time on the Grand Prix track with the Melbourne Loop and Brands Hatch, the Grand Prix circuit, as I say, in the middle of October. There will be no showdown. We have an 18 race. Great fight for the championship in 2020. Lots to get through, not much time to get through it with. And we've got James Whittam on the line. I haven't spoken to Whit for a while on the podcast, so looking forward to having a chat with him. And Tara McKenzie will be dropping in as well. Of course, McCam's Yamaha rider now fully fit and fighting fit in many ways. He's ready for this 2020 season on a selection of circuits that he really does quite like. He's worst circuits are not on the calendar, so he's optimistic. Quick bit of news as well before we get going with James Whittam. We've had a MotoGP calendar provisionally going out as well. No fewer than seven of the Grand Prix are in Spain, which has had a bit of criticism on Twitter, but the fact of the matter is we're going to get some racing. That's the main thing. So that's set to start with a double header in Jerez, the Spanish Grand Prix, and the second one called the Andalusian Grand Prix, the Grand Prix of Andalusia. And that is all happening towards the end of July. Then they'll have a week off. Then there's three in a row. We'll have the Czech Grand Prix, we believe. That's provisional at the moment, of course, but that should be happening at Bruneau two Austrian Grand Prix, very much like Formula One is planning to do one named the Grand Prix of Austria the second named the Grand Prix of Styria which of course is the region where the Red Bull ring is located and then as we move later on across the season two races at Misano one in Barcelona Le Mans Two in Aragon and two in Valencia are scheduled to end the MotoGP season towards the middle of November. But BSB is what we're focusing on, quite rightly, with that brilliant news from Eurosport and the BSB calendar going out. It's Tara McKenzie on this week's show, but first of all, the one and only Mr. James Whittam. James Whittam, it's been a long time, hasn't it? How are you?
2: Yeah, all good, Greg, thanks. Uh, yeah, I mean bit fed up a lockdown like everybody else yeah. but it seems like we're, we're on the road to something like normality now however slow but um, yeah we're all right I've been uh, amusing myself in all sorts of ways as everybody else I have a lot of workshop time I've got every single project I've got in the workshop which are about four or five just about finished so yeah, you know, if we don't come out soon I'll <laughs> be really of jobs to do
1: and obviously you've been doing your Wit and Friends programme with Matt Roberts and some of the other guys from Eurosport on the telly and I also see you've got a new pet dog I believe yeah no
2: it's actually on loan Greg Um, my lovely girlfriend Annabelle um, feels sorry for me because she hasn't been coming up because she's got a family so she brought me some shopping up uh, all the way through it uh, but we haven't really been uh, spending that much time together so she feels that I might be getting lonely um, and she sent me one of her dogs so I've got the lovely Louie, uh, stopping with him. And he's a lovely old boy. He's thirteen, so he's actually older than mean dog years. I think he's about eighty, and he uh, he doesn't want to do that is he much. Well? <laughs> but he's uh, he's keeping me company. Yeah,
1: yeah, he looks really, really nice. And there's been so much going on, hasn't there? Recently, we've had a BSB calendar out, which we'll talk about in a second, yep. and a great, fantastic new seven-year deal between Eurosport, Discovery, as it is, of course, including the Quest Channel as well, and the Bennett's British Superbike Championship.
2: Yeah, I think um, a little bit unexpected for most. I think a lot of people were expecting um, it to come to the end of its natural term, which was the end of this year. And then it went open to tender and we were expecting uh, that it might go to another TV company or it might not. And, and anyway, uh, the announcement was very welcome uh, from everybody at Eurosport, um, m- myself and, and you. um and, sure uh, well i definitely am really happy with it um i love working for eurosport i love working on bsb so um yeah we're, I'm, I'm really happy with that
1: that mean me and you are going to be stuck with each other for yeah, a bit I, I,
2: I mean that's the only downside greg that is i've got <laughs> i've got to share the comms booth with you quite
1: for another seven years with a bit of luck <laughs> i was wondering you know whenever we do get racing again and wherever the hell we're going to be I wonder what they're going to do with the commentary boxes because with social distancing and, you know, we can't really share microphones and share equipment and be sat right next to each other, can we, surely?
2: No. I, I mean, you, you can very, very easily uh, do things like uh, you can get your own microphone and you can plug that microphone in when you get to the comms booth so nobody else is actually yeah, yeah. using your microphone. Um, the, the, the biggest problem for me, I would see, would be the fact that most comms booths that we use now... Uh, that have all the wiring et cetera, in them, um, a tiny. I mean, you, you're literally sat um, yeah. six inches away from your co-commentator, and that's obviously going to be a problem with distancing um, rules as they are. So we're going to have to be in a bigger comms build. We're going to we're going to be uh, we're going to be going up in the world, Greg.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can just imagine <laughs> us on a massive table, <laughs> like a King Arthur sort of table, all separated. Jack Bernickel, I mean you. Uh,
2: <laughs> On a serious note though um, I don't know whether the, the people at home know how The sort of job works exactly But if we go to places like um, Not not so much Like your Cadwells and your Knock Hills But your, your bigger um, Permanent circuits like With a lot of permanent sort of infrastructure And a press room and, and permanent comms booths and all the rest of it They would have maybe Like Donington's got maybe six or seven Comms booths And, you know, at a big, huge meeting, four or five of them are full of different nationality comms teams. But actually, BSB, probably only two or maximum three are actually, actually have anybody in them doing anything. So there is a possibility that we might be getting one each. But if you think the way that we work together, and I would suggest most commentary teams work together is, there's a lot of looking yeah. at each other and indicating to each other yeah. and pointing at the timing screen. And, 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 you know, if you want to talk, you put your finger up and I'll sort of pipe down and the other way around to say. Well, I
1: normally just punch you in the arm <laughs> or kick you, don't I? You know, okay, that's the usual well, procedure.
2: The, the, the personal, you, you know, you, So there's the, – it is – I can see it being really possible to do, but I can see it being awkward until you get used to it. Let's put it that way. But anyway, listen, whatever we've got to do, I'm quite prepared we'll to yeah. go along with because, I I mean, I'm missing, I'm missing the racing,
1: really. Yeah. Well, Murray Walker and James Hunt, famously on the BBC with F1, used to share a microphone. We obviously can't do that, but to stop them talking over each other. So there's, yeah, we'll get through it, won't we? It's yeah, not the course. end of the world. The of great course. thing is we're just going to get some racing again. So what we got, James, we've got a six-round calendar for BSB. I know Stuart Higgs has been working yep. so tirelessly over this, but it's Donington National... Uh, in the middle of August, the 8th and 9th of August, and then every two weeks, we've got Snetterton, Silverstone National, Alton Park, Donington again on the GP circuit, Brands Hatch GP at the end of the season will be the weekend of the 17th and 18th of October. So where do we start? We've got, well, three BSB races per weekend, one probably on the Saturday, Uh, quite possibly is going to be shorter with maybe fewer points being given out, apparently a bit like the uh, World Superbike Sprint Race. Yeah. I think everyone's going to start practice later on Friday as well, aren't they, to allow everybody to get set up, yeah. for people to come into the circuit.
2: Right. There's there's lots of, of sort of uh, issues going on. One of them is the social yeah. distancing. So, the, the main reason they've gone for bigger circuits with bigger garages and more infrastructure is the fact that the, those circuits generally, they've gone for the circuits that have the bigger paddocks. So, yeah. therefore, there's more room for people to separate, more room between trucks, more room between. Uh, awnings, vans, garages, etc. So that's the main reason they've chosen the circuits they've chosen. And uh, the, the fact they're starting later uh, on a Friday is because there's going to be lots of people in that paddock. That um, most people in the paddock are, are people who work for a living. In you know, they're not professional in terms of going racing for a profession. So they have to do a day's job or run a business, or, or they, they might have a whatever, a service station, or they might have a bike shop or whatever, and they um, are going to be keen not to have the Thursday off to go and set up. If they can do it all on a Friday, that's only one day off work or away from your business. So there's lots of things to be taken into account and to be worked out. And to be honest, from what I've seen, given the circumstances, the difficult circumstances, it does look like the team at MSVR have done a really good job of it. It looks like it's going to be workable, and that wasn't the case People thought it wasn't going to be workable for quite a long time. So, so that's off to
1: yeah, and just looking at the venues, BSB sadly won't be going to this year. Assen, there's a load of government restrictions, aren't there, in the Netherlands, so that's a bit of a non-starter yeah, that, anyway. Yeah, that, I mean,
2: that's a no-brainer. That, no way, yeah.
1: Uh, Knockhill, Stuart Higgs has already said it. It's obviously an extra day for everybody else to get up there. It's an extra day for everybody to get back again. Yep. Thruxton, they need to bring in a load of recto sell barriers, don't they, which they share with the Northwest 200. So a lot of set-it yeah, would have to go into that one. It's
2: not just about that. Thruxton is a brilliant circuit, uh, and the paddock's huge. No problem there but the garages yeah. are absolutely yeah, dynamic. So, you know, yeah. they're the real old school garages. One of the lovely things about Thruxton is it's very old school and everybody loves that about it, but in in this sort of situation, it isn't going to work so well. So, they've done a good job of choosing the circuits. And listen, the, we're going to have a six-round, 18-race championship, albeit probably slightly clipped in terms of distance races and even, and clipped in terms of points for the winners, but it's still a genuine championship. And if you Think back, not that long ago, you know, points only went down to 10th and, you know, it was only 15 points for a win and then it went to 20 points for a win and it's been all over the place. So th- there's a genuine chance at getting a proper, credible championship run this year. And I've seen British championships and other national championships that have a, that have a lot less than 18 races, you know, sometimes, you know, as little as nine or 11 or 12 races. So um, I don't think we've had anything to worry on that, score.
1: Yeah, when I did an interview for MCN recently with Stuart Higgs, James, he was telling me about, he thinks it was around 1982, 83, the, when Roger Marshall was winning the British Championship. Yep. There were very, very few events then, but it doesn't mean he's not a credible champion. No, you no, know, no, no. Everyone races to the same rules, and it's the same for everyone, isn't yeah, it? Exactly. I mean,
2: the, uh, some some sports, because of the way that sport works, they have a British Championship on one weekend. You know, that's, yeah. the, it's a British Championship meeting. That is the British Championship. And and even world championships, some sports work like that. So there's no reason. I mean, I've been involved in British championships where there's been uh, six, seven rounds, you know, before, and that's on a normal season. No reason for that. Mm. Just that's how many championship rounds there were. So no, I I don't think that's an issue at all. More of a problem uh, and an issue and a thing we've got to overcome is the the distancing and and sort of PPR. So we will. PPE, so we'll be we'll be fine, and and there's a lot of thought going into it.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure there's going to be people who are normally working on site who are going to be working remotely, whether they're journalists. You know, we could even might have to do the commentary remotely. I don't know whether that will apply to BSB, but certainly for World Superbikes, if we get up and running at all, uh, which it's looking a bit more positive now. I think the chances are, James, just as other broadcasters are doing in MotoGP. It's all going to probably be done remotely from London anyway, which does make sense, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, when we're talking about a world championship, you've got all the problems we've discussed there with BSB and the added almost unsurmountable problem at the minute of, you know, a, a, a world superbike paddock and, and especially a MotoGP paddock or an F1 paddock. You, you've probably got what, 20 or 25 different nationalities? I'm guessing there, I'm looking at figure out there, but there'll be at least yeah, 20 yeah. nationalities. In a paddock containing perhaps a thousand people, so you know that a huge logistical and and distancing problem there and quarantine problem. Um, so in, in a way, World Superbike has got uh, has got that that's the major problem they've got to overcome. So you know, I think one of the reasons that um, they've gone for I think six or seven rounds of MotoGP in Spain is it's almost a, a completely Spanish-run championship anyway. And they've got yeah. some brilliant circuits, and it'll mean that nobody has to be in and out of that country as, as often. So I can see, you know, everything that's been done to get the racing up and running under difficult circumstances has been done for a reason, and you've, you've got to you've got to go with that if you want some racing. I think.
1: Yeah, and understandably, there are people on Twitter at the moment saying, "Oh, MotoGP, you have got seven Grand Prix provisionally happening in Spain." I can understand the criticism, but the only other alternative this year is. No racing at all. So surely... That's the thing, yeah. Yeah. Is it the lesser Absolutely. of two evils, perhaps? I don't know if that's the right way yeah. to put it, but it's the better option, yeah. isn't it, than having nothing?
2: Yeah, if we want racing, we, we, I think that's how it's got to be. Yeah, yeah.
1: And, and considering it is a Spanish-based uh, championship, that's the way it is at the moment, isn't it? Yep. Um Cadwell Park's the other BSB round that won't be happening, James. Snetterton will actually be on that weekend in the end. Obviously, it is, as Stuart Higgs has said, it's the highlight of the season, the party in the park. But again... It's it's you know there's two paddocks everybody's up and down crossing the track over the ramp all the structures are temporary structures all the pit lane the garages it just wasn't going to work was it
2: no um, Cadwell for me is one of the finest circuits certainly one of the finest circuits to ride uh, as a as a racer in the country and, I, and I'm sure most of the fifty or sixty thousand people who turn up for, there for BSB every year would agree it's one of the best circuits for. For those for the, for the spectators, which is why they come in in such numbers. But oh, the the, the problems you'd have there with distancing and keeping people would <laughs> Just I mean, it it, it just makes your no. mind boggle. Really, it would be a non-starter. I would have thought there'd be just so much trouble to do that, which is a real pity because it's kind of become the jewel in the crown of BSP now in terms of numbers, in terms of mm. extracurricular yeah. kind of stuff that's put on and. And the big pies, the bands on, you know, even we got involved in a bit of singing and dancing last year, didn't we, in that big tent up on the campsite. So, you know, <laughs> none of that can happen. So it's, um, yeah, a bit of a shame for Carroll.
1: Yeah, well, I know one man who's happy with this calendar of Donington, Snetterton, Silverstone, Alton, Donington again and Brands Hatch is Taran McKenzie. We've got him on the line now. Let's have a quick word and then we'll come back to James. Yep. But Taron McKenzie, I think, looking forward to this BSB shortened calendar this year. Well Taz, long time no speak, how are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Uh surviving lockdown so far. Yeah, it's just chaos, isn't it, going on in the country at the moment. What is going on over there?
3: I know, it's uh it all started off when we all got put in lockdown, uh, the first sort of couple of weeks. It it was hard to believe it was happening really. But now, um I don't know how many weeks we're in now, but it just seems like everyday life queuing up for Tesco and uh yeah, it's a little <laughs> bit bizarre but as soon as we uh, get back racing then uh, yeah the sooner the better really
1: what about for training for you and for taylor do you guys normally train at home or do you go to a gym or i mean what do you normally do or what have you had to change uh
3: it's sort of we're really looking at home we've got a little bit of a home gym going anyway which we've had uh for a number of years now but we also train at Lovebridge university so obviously universities have been shut and the the gym they've got there um got shut as well so they had to tailor our training a little bit to suit us at home. But apart from that it's all been all been fairly normal and then when we were allowed out um outside to the hour of exercise or whatever it was, uh yeah, we just started doing that when the weather was nice. But yeah, training wise it's not really affected us. Um and to be fair, day to day life has not really affected us to be honest. Apart from not being able to go to Nando's and and ride my bike on a weekend, uh <laughs> life pretty much same really so we're quite lucky on that side but obviously uh, we'd want to get back to normal as soon as possible really
1: Has this meant though more prolonged hours of close proximity with Neil McKenzie? <laughs> yeah it
3: has yeah What's as that been like? As dad's go he's not too bad to be fair um, <laughs> yeah We at the start we all like trying to do jobs clean the garage like we've got so much kit and leathers and helmets and stuff from years past that we were like we were really excited to like get stuck into it and sort it all out and then after about the first week sort of the novelty wore off a bit and then we we're like actually it's not that exciting going into clean clean the garage out uh-huh. so um, but he's been he's been all right. To be fair, we've all we've had no fallouts for the family yet, so we're all uh, we're all doing okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: Sorry, <laughs> Neil. By the way, if you're listening back to this, um, so when I first looked at that calendar, Donington National, Snetterton, Silverstone National, Alton Park, Donington GP, Brands Hatch GP. That's not bad for Tara McKenzie, is it? There's no Cadwell. There's only one Alton.
3: <laughs> yeah. It's uh, yeah. As tracks go. It's quite good, and it's close to home with Donington, uh, yeah. two Doningtons, and a Silverstone. So um, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I'd love. I've really enjoyed Cadwell and Alton in the past on on uh, different bikes, but and had good results there. But for one reason or another, it hasn't gone quite as smoothly on on the superbike with injuries or uh, lack of confidence or something like that. So I was quite looking forward to going back there this year, uh, fully fit and with a bit more experience under my belt to try and sort of. Tame the Tame Superbike ran, ran those two tracks, but um, yeah, when I didn't see the work that were on the cal- calendars, and uh, I thought, okay, it's not too bad, and and um, yeah, Donington and Silverstone and, and Brands had good results there in the past, and Snatton, so yeah, uh, and only one Alton, so I, could, I still get a, a crack at the Whiplet, and um, yeah, well, hopefully, if we do start racing, uh, it all goes uh, to plan.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be strange without fans though, isn't it? Looking at places like Down Through the Craners at Donnington and Snetterton, that grass bank along the start finish straight. That's gonna be really weird, isn't it?
3: Yeah, it's uh it will be bizarre. And obviously the paddock in BSB, all the fans get to, to go through all the paddock really. So it'll be strange um with that being being quiet. But um yeah, I don't know who we're we're meant to be waving to on the the slowing down, like maybe to the marshals. but um yeah, yeah it'll be yeah be a a very very strange without there and obviously the atmosphere will be a little bit different um with no fans and the race weekend uh will be a a little bit different as well with i know with me and jason we've always got pr things to do and and sign-ins and whatnot so it'll be a bit quieter of a weekend i think but yeah i'm not sure if that's a good thing because it gives you time to think so um (laughs) but uh yeah it will be it'll be strange but luckily uh with you guys on on your sport um they'll get all the action on on the tv hopefully and and yeah hopefully they won't miss out on too much
1: yeah i was just going to say you could maybe wave to the tv cameras that's where you can wave when yeah. you're down that, look for the eurosport cameras but actually <laughs> i do you know what? i was going to just make a joke about the pr stuff I was, oh no that's terrible yeah i'm going to do any of that pr work but yeah i suppose in a way having all that there gives you a bit of a structure doesn't it across a race weekend and that's sort of out the window now
3: yeah, it can be a little bit stressful sometimes on on race weekends, especially between race one and race two. You sometimes don't feel like you have like time to relax and and uh, take in what's just happened in race one. But um, yeah, it's sort of it's good that we can sort of relax and go away, and if there is issues we need sorting, or we can sit down and properly have our lunch and and get prepared for the second yeah. race. Then then it's good. But on the other hand, uh, sometimes it's nice if you've had a not so good result or sometimes when you've had a good result, you'll happily go in and do a PR sign. And so it takes your mind off it a little bit. So yeah, it will be uh, a bit different, but the racing will still be the same and hopefully just
1: as good. Who do you reckon is going to be strongest with this format now with no showdown in place? Obviously it's 18 races, every point counts as it were, you know, that's going to favor, I suppose it's going to favor the smart guys, isn't it? And the consistent guys.
3: Yeah. It will be, it's not like anyone's got an advantage. Um, like it's not like anyone's been riding the whole time on tracks or whatever. It's not like anyone's got an advantage on that point, but I think it'll still be the same names that go in every year with the experienced guys like Tommy Bridewell and, and Josh Brooks, um, all the 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 guys that are at the front every year. I don't think it'll it'll affect it too much. Um, and then obviously there'll be other guys that'll make the step and improve a little bit from previous years, so different riders on different manufacturers and in different teams. So yeah, you sort of got a little bit of an idea of winter testing, but it's hard to take anything from that because turning up to a, a colder Silverstone than, than riding a nice warm, uh, Monte Blanco is always a little bit different, but yeah. so it'll be interesting just to see, uh, yeah, who's at the front and who's not, but, uh, fingers crossed, uh, me and uh, Jason are on the new R1, but, um, yeah will be i think it will just be the same same guys and and yeah as you said consistent being consistent is key because there's not three races a weekend and and not so many rounds uh yeah you've got to a no showdown you've got to play it a little bit differently
1: yeah talking to the yar 1 obviously it's a new bike isn't it for this year which you guys haven't actually raced yet in bsb we've seen it in world superbikes but just to recap for people because it feels like so long ago now since we were talking about this in australia um what's changed you've got new engine haven't you updated aero yeah
3: the the aero package is quite a little bit uh, quite a bit different from uh from last year um and yeah new engine it revs slightly more which uh well it it worked good in Phillip island both patter bikes and baz were were strong in uh, Phillip island so um yeah me and jason had a good test we went on paper we probably weren't the best but we know that we had a solid solid test and uh, and yeah we got through a lot of things which with the new bike which was good and and made some improvements so hopefully um when we do come back to bsb uh yeah it's uh, we can make another step with the bike
1: we had jason on the podcast here a few weeks ago he's obviously back to full fitness you are as well now aren't you no problems at all unlike last year
3: no yeah jason obviously beat himself up a little bit um at the alton test and then i think uh yeah a couple of crashes at smetterton that, that yeah. didn't help either. So, yeah, he struggled. No one really saw that. He struggled quite a lot during the year, I think, with his shoulder. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think he's, as far as I'm aware, he's uh, back to full fitness. And, and, yeah, my wrist, it wasn't ideal during the year, having to have an operation and then sort of rushing, coming back to Cadwell. And it improved a little bit but it was nice just to have a winter off and and get some proper physio on it and and yeah get it back to full strength so fitness wise for both of us we're yeah we're we're back to full fitness now
1: looking back at it now Taz just how difficult was that last year let's take Cadwell as the example because you must have been thinking in the back of your mind I really don't want to be here I don't want to be risking this but what sort of pushes you on to do it
3: yeah it uh getting getting into the showdown really that was probably (laughs) if there was no showdown I I probably wouldn't have rushed um as quickly as I I did really um it was hard because at the start of the year there was sort of I was quite fast up until the crash at Thruxton really every round I was Mm, fighting for a podium or or a win so I sort of had the mentality that it doesn't matter if like I fell off in race two at Snatterton and for me I thought oh it's no problem I'll I'll go to the next round and I'll I'll be all right and then like this I was maybe in the top three in the championship or close to it at that point so it wasn't really affecting me and then missing the both brands races and it, they, that was before Snatson but even then I thought oh, I'll just come back to Knockhill killing Snatson and it'll be fine and it was and then went to Thruxton and crashed and broke my wrist and then that's re- when it really sort of hit home like okay you can't afford to crash now because you've got to to get yeah. into the showdown that's That was like the big. There was little goals: try and win a race, and try and be a bit more consistent, um, which I was at the start of the year. Uh, But the the main goal was to get into the Showdown, really, because if you don't get into that, then obviously you're not going to win the the championship. So when I crashed at Fruxton, had an operation on the crashed on the Saturday. I had an operation on the Thursday, I think, and then the following Thursday we went to to Cadwell. So. wasn't ideal and especially around there it, it's a physical little track, especially on a superbike. So uh I managed to get through it. The, in practice it wasn't so bad, I wasn't doing that many laps, just sort of getting through and and the bike was feeling good that weekend so I didn't have to to do too much too many laps really. But uh yeah, the races were tough, both races. Uh especially the the last well, towards the end of both races was difficult really. My arm was giving way at the bottom of Mansfield and the bottom of uh the mountain mm. it just wasn't strong enough to hold on to it so it was tough but I got through it and then uh had a little bit more rest till Alton and then uh, just about got through that weekend and, and luckily made the showdown so it uh scored enough points to get through it so at that point it was it was worth it then
1: yeah, and it's going to be weird isn't it not having a showdown what's your sort of reaction to that because we know some people love it some people hate it I think it's widely recognised that it's very Marmite isn't it the showdown yeah. as Stuart Higgs himself says what's your take
3: yeah, it's uh people either love it when they're in the showdown or hate it when they're not. <laughs> I don't I don't know anyone that got in the showdown and hated it really. So
0: yeah.
3: um I know it obviously it the championship works a little bit differently and if the showdown wasn't in place and maybe other people would win the championship but yeah, it's uh, a strange one really. Um I think it people have to sort of have a a different mentality going into the season really. Like I said Earlier that you you can sort of crash and doesn't really matter. You can get back on as as long as you score and your podium credits. Um, that's all that really matters really to get you into yeah. like once you're in the showdown. So uh, like I know Brooks last year he had the crash at Alton. He I think he said something like he wanted to win more than he wanted to breathe. And he was in the showdown at that point and it didn't really matter if he crashed because he was just trying to go for the the podium credits. It wasn't like he was throwing twenty five points away really. So um yeah it'll be a little bit differently i think uh sort of getting to the last couple of rounds people might have to ride in a little bit of reserve just to, to be consistent and and try and get the points but i don't i don't know if we do all the rounds and i don't know if someone's classed as the british champion at the end of it i'm not sure i'm not sure how it's going to work so um, yeah I, I guess if there's still a championship bonus <laughs> At the end of uh, round six, everyone will be trying just as hard. So um, yeah, we'll see. I'm, I'm not sure. I think everyone will just be glad to get back racing and and see the teams and and yeah, doing what we all love really. So um, yeah, it'll we'll, it'll be it'll be strange, but it'll be uh, good for everyone. I think just to, to get back to sort of normality.
1: Finally, Taz, have you had much communication with the team? How's that going to work? Because I guess obviously all the mechanics work together, but they don't. All, they certainly don't all live together. They come from lots of different places. How's that yeah. going to work? How are they going to keep a distance?
3: I'm not I, honestly. I'm not sure. I haven't. I speak to the team quite a lot, but we haven't really discussed that. It's just getting everything yeah. ready for the start of the season. So, yeah, I, I don't know. And and there's, I think, well, no one even lives in the same area and all the tracks are obviously in different parts of the UK so people are gonna to have to get hotels and I'm not sure but yeah. like, I don't think hotels are open at the moment. So I am not sure how that's gonna work uh, uh at the moment but I'm sure Stuart Higgs <laughs> and all his team will come up with a, a good plan and and get something in place uh to sort of try and make it as safe as possible really. But yeah, my guys are, are all good. They've I know uh I speak to my crew chief Chris Anderson a lot um most days really and he's back up at the workshop getting everything sorted for when we do start racing again so um yeah it'll be uh nice to see everyone again because we had a a nice pre-season all went sort of plan, and um and yeah we're not just me the whole team we're looking forward to getting going at Silverstone so uh, it'll be nice uh, to see everyone again and and yeah try and well if we do start racing
1: uh yeah it'll be nice can't wait will you really do anything differently will you actually be thinking like you know i need to think about the points here or is everyone just going to, I suppose round one, everyone's just going to go for it, aren't they?
3: Yeah, I think, uh yeah. It'd be chaos, isn't it? It will be chaos. Uh, I spoke to someone the other day and they said, oh, have you got much tested before? I said, well, no, we've only got one test and then we're straight into the race. And he wrote, wrote back saying, well, that'll be carnage into to turn on then. And yeah, yeah. Well, I think a lot, I've got a few track days planned on uh, my practice bike that I get from the team, an R6. So it'll be and I know Jason's got something planned and I'm sure other riders have.
1: Well, Scott Redding's been out at Brands Hatch recently and Snetterton before that, hasn't yeah, he?
3: Yeah, I saw that. So I, everyone will be sharp and everyone has still been, I guess, still been training and, and doing what they can. So when we do start racing again, we're all like ready to go. Um, but yeah, I don't, like I said before, I don't know how the the points are going to work and, and whatnot with the championship. So it'll be different to see, uh, it'll be a different mentality, but, I'm sure everyone will be trying to do their best and, and try and, if they can win, then try and win. So, uh, yeah, it'll be be interesting. And, and
1: yeah, can't wait. Yeah, me neither. Get ready for the carnage. Hopefully see you soon. At, <laughs> uh, I don't know whether I'm going to be at Donington or not because of World Superbikes, but see you wherever I see you and good luck. Yeah, no, thank you, Greg. Greg Haynes here, back in the studio, home studio, obviously, at the moment. Hope you're enjoying this edition of Full Throttle. Please, if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe. The podcast is available on the Eurosport website and on a selection of various podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. But in the meantime, let's get back to James Whittam. There you go. Well, he seems pretty optimistic, doesn't he? We know they've got a load of great upgrades on that Yamaha, and we've already seen how well they've gone in World Superbikes in Australia with Toprack and Vandermark. Toprack, of course, won a race. Michael Vandermark was up there all the way through the weekend. He's got a reason to be confident there, hasn't he, James? You know, Cadwell's off. He never really went well there. He's uh, Alton Park. He's only got one Alton. They normally have two. So no wonder he's confident.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think... One of the things about Tarrane is his physical size. He's a small kid. He's he's a he's a wild little fella who takes his training really seriously. However, he's only a small fella. And and sometimes when you're wrestling a sort of two hundred and twenty horsepower plus monster of a superbike around places like, you know, Cadwell and Ulton, that those are the two that spring to my mind. Knock ill a little bit as well. It's, it's such a physical yeah. thing to do. It's just flipping unbelievably hard work physically. And I think Taran, for that reason, favours the circuits that are a little bit faster, a little bit flowing, uh, and you don't really have to be hauling the bike from one side uh, to the other, um, you know, 20 times a lap. So I think it's going to suit him a little bit. He's an optimistic kid anyway, and we know how much talent he's got. Um, You always got the feeling in the last, any meeting in the last couple of years, if things had had gone his way and he was fit, because remember, a lot of last season he was riding injured and and not not disastrously so but you know it is the the fact that he was knocked up a, a, a bit at the time if it wasn't if it hadn't been for that you you could have seen him winning almost anywhere if things had been on his way he was always on the pace so he's got a, a, a lot of reasons a lot of good reasons to be optimistic as Adam
1: Now one thing we discussed there with Taz James which you and I haven't yet touched on so let's do it now is the fact we don't have a showdown this year now the showdown It's controversial. There's a lot of people who don't like it. There's a lot of people who do like it. You've got to say, the great thing about the showdown is it does guarantee that it always goes down to the wire. Will it still do it this year? With so few races, 18, you have to think it's going to go down to Brands Hatch anyway.
2: Uh, Yeah, there's there's people who um don't agree that much with the showdown system we've had it ever since I think 2011 I think it's probably it was this going to be its 10th year uh
1: 2010 it started so this 11th year 11th year yeah
2: there's people there's people who didn't like it in the first place and have come round to to you know to quite like it and this is riders and the race going public and there's other people who have gone the other way and and everything else in between so Hey, it is what it is. We've had it. It's, it's made for some yeah. cracking last uh, two or three uh, races. Um, typically, the people who don't like it are the people who get to not like it in the last three races when they don't give themselves the best chance of winning the championship when they thought they had a chance of winning the championship. So it's, it's all very individual, the way that works. But to have a championship that is over six rounds, 18 races, in such a small space of time, I think the showdown is um, virtually unworkable, I would have said. So what we are going to have is a old school, you know, first-past-the-post championship, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think I think that's going to work quite well. Whether it's going to go down to the last race, which the showdown is engineered, let's be honest, to do, um, so it always does that. It certainly always goes down to the last day of racing, whether it goes down to the last mm, race. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it doesn't whether it'll go down to the, the last race or not is um you know dependent on on what happens in in the 17 races before it i guess but yeah you know it's um like we've said before it's if you want some racing under these circumstances with the current you know situation with COVID, you've got to um, you've got to make compromise and i think I think they've done, done a good job.
1: And as we said before, it's the same for everybody. So everybody knows they're racing with 18 races, no showdown. It's the same for everybody, isn't it, going into it? What we're not going to see this year is, let's say, a Scott Redding, for an example, as he did it so well last year, being careful, making sure he's on the podium. If he's in a distant fourth, he'll just settle for fourth. There's no podium points to worry about anymore. Every point counts across the whole championship this time.
2: Yes, it does. I mean, one of the only um, criticisms of the showdown. Uh, system that I could see was the fact that mid season if you had a cracking start to the season you can you can really afford to to, to uh, let's call it free wheels slightly in the middle of the championship you know making mm. the, the middle mm. races as you're going towards the showdown if you are guaranteed to be in that people are way before the showdown cut off well what incentive have you got apart from a, a couple of uh, podium points to um to, to, to push on and make the racing exciting, But actually, that's never really happened that way. You know, we've seen some cracking racing at all times in the season, and riders seem to want to push on the whole time, even if you're guaranteed to be in the showdown. But I have to say, the showdown system, I want to say it played into his hands, because more that he played the system perfectly, um, Scott Redding, last year, you know, he, yeah. he didn't take any risks of the, the circuits he didn't need to, and he didn't know. I mean, it, to be honest, they all bloody well everywhere, in my opinion. Um, you know, he, he went to circuits yeah. he didn't know and and sometimes didn't even like, uh, and and still got his head round it. And if he couldn't win, which he figured out he couldn't win, sometimes he'd, fi- he'd still finish thirds and fourths and seconds. You know, he was, you know, and that's what won in the championship. But certainly, it, it was a it was a handy tool for him to have was the showdown system last year, and. um played its part in him winning the championship. He didn't play the biggest part. I think he played the biggest part. I was very impressed with him last year. But uh, you start a, a championship and you know uh, this year there's there's going to be no showdown. So you uh, you uh, play your cards accordingly.
1: Just before we go, James, I was speaking to Neil McKenzie the other day and he reckons somebody like a Josh Brooks should be very strong because he's always gone well on triple header weekends, hasn't he, in the past. We've seen him dominating Brands Hats, for example, at the end of the season. Very quickly on Josh Brooks, let's just hope he can get over without any problems because all of the Australian borders are closed at the moment and he's not the only one. There's a lot, you know, not even just Australia. There's still countries with closed borders at the moment. That could be a bit of an issue for some people. Hopefully it won't be. Yeah,
2: I mean, they've got a little bit of time to figure it out now. Uh, we've got well over a month depending on if any testing is allowable or planned. Or I've seen Australian people have issues coming to this country, even when there's been no lockdown and no COVID or anything, they've got their visa application slightly wrong or wrongly mm. timed. And, and they've had issues. We've seen that before. Uh, I can't see that being a problem for Josh with a bit of luck. And is he yeah. going to be the man to beat in the championship? Yeah, I think he is. I think, I think he is. when you yeah. look at the championship, uh, when you look at the circuits when I go to, he excels at most of them. He's on... The same bike as last year, which is, as we know, is a good thing, so he can start the ground running, especially in a shorter championship like we're going to have this year. And the other thing is, he's probably or arguably on the pick of the bikes in the championship, and it's his second year on it. So I would, for me, uh, Josh would start the championship as probably my favorite. However, short championship, lots of races in succession and close to each other. It only takes a broken collarbone and a, bro- or a broken wrist and an ankle. You know, nothing serious. It takes a, a minor injury and you can miss two or three, two races on a weekend, every weekend. So you, you can easily miss, you know, three or more races with, with not much of an injury. There's not many gaps in between to recover. So, you know, it, it's still not a foregone conclusion, but it starts as my championship favourite, yeah.
1: Yeah, me too, definitely, without a doubt. Final question, James. It's my personal opinion that this year, possibly more than ever, the smartest guy really will win because they're really going to have to manage their weekend very carefully, aren't they? Because let's just say, you can't afford a massive crash and write off your bike in the first race no. when you've got another two races still to go.
2: Yeah, correct. Uh, that, that's absolutely the, 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 the way to lose a championship. I think you're going to have to be fairly circumspect on the Saturday race because like you say, you banjo your bike yourself uh, you're on the back foot all weekend, and that's a lot of points lost over a short championship. So yeah, you're gonna have to, and a little bit of luck's gonna come into play as well, as it always does mm. with racing. You know, you, you can you can end up on the ground through no fault of your own. We know that. Um, so yeah, it's gonna take um, you're gonna have to think a little bit, and you're gonna have to be a little bit lucky. But I'm you know I'm really looking forward to. It. I think a different sort of yeah. angle and a different way of looking at the championship is gonna be um, is gonna be good. It's I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on the riders. I think, you know, once we get going, I think there's going to be a lot of... um, Very little testing will have gone on, if any. And I think uh, (laughs) there's going to be a lot of aggression. (laughs) There's going to be a lot of aggression, sort of points to prove when we get on track.
1: Yeah, it's going to be absolutely brilliant, isn't it? Donington National in the weekend of the 8th and 9th of August. Watch out for that on Eurosport and on the Eurosport player. James, I'm not quite sure when we're next going to see each other, whether it's going to be at Donington or whether it's... I don't even know if I'm going to be at Donington because we might have a World Superbike Clash, but uh, we'll be in touch, won't we? Yeah, we will. I'll see you very soon. Thanks, James.
2: All right, buddy. Thanks, Greg.
1: See you, mate. So, great stuff. Some great announcements last week. The calendar going out for the Bennett's British Superbike Championship. Remember, it starts on the weekend of the 8th and 9th of August behind closed doors for the first three rounds at least. And hopefully... Hopefully, fingers crossed, we might get some spectators for Alton Park, the second Donnington, And how good would it be to be able to have a crowd coming in for the finale at Brands Hatch on the weekend of the 17th and 18th of October? And as we said at the top, seven years for Eurosport and for the Bennett's British Superbike Championship. That new deal confirmed and announced last week, starting in 2021 through to the end of 2027. Well, a bit like BSB, they're going to be having one week on, one week off for this six-round season. There's a week off for us with the podcast next week, but we will be back with full throttle. It'll be Monday, the 29th of June for our next show. So some real optimism then in the world of motorcycle racing. Calendars going out, announcements with broadcasters and championships, pen put to paper, and we have got some great stuff to look forward to in 2020. Back for the next show on the 29th of June. Until then, stay safe.